Charles says, good morning, Vietnam. That was a great Robin Williams film. Good morning, Vietnam. And gosh, based on a true story. So those of you who are old enough are going, I remember that. That was a great movie. Uh, speaking of great, it's great to be with you. It's great to be inside this morning. Goodness gracious. You didn't even want to look at your thermometer this morning. I didn't. I'm in denial. No, I said it's uninhabitable. If you're in denial, uh, it would be very warm because the mm-hmm. Nile's in Egypt. Mm-hmm. I would like it's, to be there. It's like you don't even think through these things before. No, that's what say. I want. Oh, that's it's like a I wish. Want. It's, it's a, a wish. wish. Okay. I wish I was in denial. Ooh. <laughs> goodness. It is. <laughs> um, I told Alyssa on the way in we have two thermometers at the house one downstairs, one upstairs. Uh, the um, two thermometers, seven and five, and then I jumped in the car, and about two miles from the house, it, it registered three. So, chilly. It's just a little chilly. I said it should be illegal to be this cold. <laughs> <laughs> and you've lived in the area your entire life. Uh-huh. And you went to school at Syracuse. It must have gotten brutal up there. Yeah, it, the lake effect snow was... Um, an experience. It was like there was snow in the air every single day from like late October until maybe like a week before the year, the school year. Ended. Wow. <laughs> and wow. Um, my freshman year, my dorm was in like a wind tunnel. <laughs> so I would walk from my dorm to class and wind would just be blowing like at me sideways, very forceful and cold. And I, I remember having a parka that went down to my knees and wore winter boots all the time. I don't really know why I, you know, decided it was worth going there for the new house school. So you will uh, understand that when I chose <laughs> Chapel Hill, North Carolina, there was a reason for that. Yeah, you were yeah, smarter I was than tired me. Tired of being cold. Mm. Welcome to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host. You've got Alyssa Young, your host, both personal financial advisors and happy to be serving you this morning. Again, we are live this morning, never in the can. We leave that for our competitors. They can put their shows in the can all they want. We don't do that. We bring you the freshest, most current information that we possibly can, and we answer your questions live and in person without the aid of nets. Flying without nets. Hmm. Yeah, you'll think about it. It, It'll make sense later. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly doesn't make sense now. So if you are a loyal listener to More Than Money, you know that we have three different ways that you can join our show. If you are just joining us, you might want to pay attention to the next couple of moments as we share the ways that you can join our show and have your questions answered um, by financial advisors that really care about giving you the right information. And um, easily done, most traditional, old school, if you will. Uh, give us a phone call, 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. Works really, really well. Talk to Mr. Sunshine, the effervescent not evanescence, totally different, effervescent, the bubbly, <laughs> the Alka-Seltzer of radio, exactly. <laughs> Mr. John Elliott, you'll talk to John, then you'll talk to Alyssa, you'll talk to Gene, and we'll give you as much information as we possibly can to help get you closer to your financial goals. If you would prefer Email. Email works really, really well. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. 
A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com or Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. And if you would like a crystal clear signal, if you'd like to be listening perhaps on the headsets or maybe you're at work or maybe you're uh, one of those uh, folks that are able to do both. Maybe you're, uh, you're, you're working hard and you can listen to the show. Fantastic. You can do that through the miracles of modern technology. All you need to do is log on to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com, and uh, hit the Listen Live button. You can do that from any smart device, uh, from a tablet, from your phone, from your workstation. It was designed to be that way. That's right. Alyssa <laughs> well, may have had a hand in that. <laughs> um, bottom line is that you can listen and you can ask questions as well by hitting the Ask Gene button during the course of the show. All those wonderful devices disappear at 10 o'clock, so make sure that over the next hour and uh, 49 and a half minutes that you join us and get your questions asked and answered. That's the whole idea. It's your questions, our answers, and hopefully we get you from point A to point B. Again, 610-720-7900. I'm putting the cold aside for a moment mm-hmm. because it looks like you're warming up at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're inside now. Come mm-hmm. on. Uh, good week? It, it was a blur. A blur. <laughs> this week, it was a great week. It was busy. Um, it went very quickly. The days sort of all mushed into e- each other. So, um, yeah, that's the best I can say. It was a blur, but um, it was great. We um, had a couple of our specialists in the office mm-hmm. this week, so I got to meet with my clients um, along with our specialists to talk about uh, their wills and their estate plans and Social Security, Medicare, uh, lots of good stuff. Um, met some new people this week and getting them squared away um, to prepare for their retirement. So that's always rewarding. Um, we got a basketball game today. And yeah, so very good. How was your week? Um, a blur is a good word for it. It is a good word for it. And they, and we are so blessed. Um, we, we, we read a statistic a few weeks ago that, uh, was kind of hard to believe. Um, in, I, I, I should have put it into context and, and understood it immediately. I didn't, uh, it's, uh, an industry wide, um, report survey that was done of financial advisors. And according to this report, the average financial advisor adds two new clients a year. Oh. Oh, oh is right. Oh, a year? That that just, it shocked me. Yeah. Uh, the average uh, financial advisor manages a relatively small number of clients, relatively small number of dollars, is doing a relatively small job. The gap between those folks and the mega advisors, the firms that have 50, 75, 100 advisors and they're managing a billion dollars or $2 billion or $5 billion is just insane. And then the gap between those folks and us is equally insane. It's just kind of crazy. Um, You talk about meeting some new folks and uh, with all of the advisors in our office, not unusual for each advisor to be meeting with two or three new prospective clients a week. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, serving our clients mm-hmm. and uh, working with our partners. Who was in this week? Um, Mark was in on Monday, I think, unless my brain is no, wrong. No, I think that's right. Because, Social Security, yes, Mark. Yes, yeah. and then we had Keith here on 
uh, was it Wednesday or Thursday? I think Mike Pompey was in on Wednesday. Yes. Doing long-term care. And, yeah, and then yes. Keith was in on Thursday. Yes. So, see, it was a blur. <laughs> um, we, we are beyond blessed. Our clients are beyond blessed because they have this breadth of service available to them. Um, so instead of saying having an advisor so often, especially the wire houses, they will turn to a client and say, hey, you know what? You should probably do this, but check with your tax advisor. You know what? I'm worried about this. We've done some beneficiary, but you should check with your estate planning attorney. Gosh, you know, do you have long-term care? You don't. You should check with somebody and get that done. And, and they, they, they shoo them away and make a little note proudly in their file. I told them they should get that done. Huh. You know, as opposed to, uh, we have such wonderful folks. Wonderful folks. We're very, very, very blessed. Um, Mark Basak, thank you. Mike Pompey, thank you. Keith Stroll, thank you. Uh, for wonderful service to our clients. Absolutely. Um, we uh, kind of walked off last week having not addressed a couple different topics that you wanted to make sure that we got to last week. So let's start this week. You choose and uh, jump in there. Okay. Well, this um, one topic actually you asked me to look into and we found some information. So your question, correct me if I'm wrong, was about <laughs> you, you wanted to correct me before uh, I even said uh, anything. <laughs> um, temptation. <laughs> when you have an annuity mm. coming out of an IRA, perfect. Do your does your income stream from the annuity uh, satisfy your required minimum distribution requirements? Mm, that's really close. The um, detail that I think is really important because there are so many different kinds of annuities. Yes. Is that this specific type of an annuity of and an, what type of an annuity is it? Can you tell folks specifically? Um, were you talking about an Im immediate annuity? Precisely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm trying my brushing off the cobwebs because we talked about it. I guess I two couldn't weeks even ago. say the words. Yeah. You're brushing off the cobwebs. <laughs> You're doing way better than I am. Uh, yeah, so, the, because it originally started with a gentleman that said, hey, I've got this money in the IRA. Yes. What I really want is just to know I have income forever. Right. Which is an immediate annuity. It works out beautifully. Right. But. But one of your questions mm -hmm. was, um, what does RMD friendly mean when you're talking about an annuity? Because a lot of times when you start with um when you start an annuity, a lot of times there are penalties on what if you withdraw too much too soon. Mm -hmm. And so they'll have a period of time where you have free withdrawals at, to a limit and like 10% or something like that. So if it says that it's RMD friendly, that means that as long as you're not exceeding your RMD, you can take it out every year without penalty, even if that amount is higher than the withdrawal limit in the annuity contract. Great. So, so that's what RMD friendly means. In and that's that applies directly to variable annuities and for many of you particularly if you've been clients of more than monies for a fairly long time that applies to many of you because you have variable annuities issued by wonderful companies that we manage the investments and you've elected to receive a guaranteed lifetime income stream. So guaranteed lifetime income streams, depending on the year that your contract was issued, might be 
4%, it might be 4.5%, it might be 5%, might even be 6 Some contracts issued 12, 14 years ago were at 6%. And yes, RMD Friendly on the variable annuity side says when you get to the point where you have to take out more than your guaranteed amount to meet the RMD, as long as you're meeting your RMD, they're smiling and your guarantees stay intact. Right. And then... And then... Immediate annuities. Yes. Immediate annuity is a very different animal. Immediate annuity says, I'm going to use a simple number. I have 100000 bucks. I want to give that to an annuity company, and I want them to send me the most money that I can get as an income stream. And currently, the most money you can get is going to be somewhere between 65 and 7%. And a lot of people out there are going to hear that and go, wait a second, six and a half or seven. The bank is paying me 0.0 squared. Um, My bonds are paying, eh, how are they paying 7%? It's pretty simple. Uh, They're actually paying about 1% and they're giving you back your own money because their, their actuaries have calculated that based on your age, they can give you a certain amount of money, and they are mm, gambling, they are betting that you will, or at least the vast majority of the people in your group, they do it mm-hmm. from thousands, tens of thousands of people, will pass away before they get all their money back. Mm-hmm. And the folks who live longer, they can pay from the folks who lived really, really short. Mm-hmm. But the question that came from the client was, hey, Um, at some point that's going to be less than the RMD. The IRS has said that if you will exchange your IRA capital for a, an immediate annuity, you're covered. That's right. So it's, it's considering that immediate annuity to have satisfied your future required minimum distributions. Now there is one, not an exception, but just a little detail to point out. Sometimes you take that annuity money out of an IRA and there's still other money left in your IRA. So if you don't convert your entire retirement account into an annuity, but you still have um, cash or securities in your traditional IRA, you still need to take RMDs out of that remaining amount every year. That's a really important point. I'm really glad you brought that up uh, because it highlights two very critically important issues around this kind of a decision. Um, I used a very simple number, $100,000. That would produce, uh, again, simple numbers, $600 a month uh, income for as long as this individual should live. If that's the amount that they need from an income standpoint, Mm -hmm. that's lovely. We've taken care of that. But what if they have $200,000 in the IRA? Well, converting the entire amount is unnecessary. Because when the person passes away, that hundred grand goes away. The other hundred grand can be invested as typically would be invested in an IRA. And you're absolutely right. The RMDs still have to apply to the part that's not in the immediate annuity. So if you're thinking about your IRA and you're thinking, oh, geez, I don't think I want to do that whole immediate. You don't have to. You don't have to do all or nothing. You can do it in pieces. Yeah. Pretty cool. Thank you. That, that's sure. that's an excellent point. There's one other note I had on that topic was um, other types of annuities, like a deferred annuity or a fixed index annuity. 
they have cash values or account values associated with them. And for those, that cash amount is subject to RMDs. Without a doubt, you're absolutely right. Well, you're absolutely right. You want a curveball? You want me to throw you a curveball about annuities? Okay, bring it on. I'm not very good at um, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I won't hit the ball. She, she, completely off the hook. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's her upfront disclaimer. I think I have no idea. Uh, there's another kind of annuity that. Uh, impacts RMDs in a very interesting way and it's it's called a QLAC. One I don't know that you've ever bumped into it. Very few financial advisors have ever bumped into them. Very few financial advisors have ever even heard the phrase QLAC. Um, when I mentioned that to one of our advisors, they thought that was the the evil um, antagonist in the next uh, Marvel film. Uh, Kulak, Kulak from, you know, Vulcan or something. I don't, I don't, it's not true. Of course it's not true. Kulak, <laughs> stating the obvious. Uh, qualified longevity annuity contract. I was trying to think of what that stood for and I couldn't figure out the L, but I did get the rest of the letters. And and longevity. the L is the key. You don't want to knock the L out of it. <laughs> yes. See how I did that? CAC. CAC. <laughs> Longevity is the key because many years ago now, I'm guessing approximately 10, uh, when this was first uh, determined to be an acceptable investment inside an IRA, um, the key was that people were living longer and longer and longer, and they were getting very concerned that they were going to run out of money in their in their most senior years. So a QLAC allows an, an, a taxpayer, an individual, to take up to $125,000 out of their IRA. It actually stays in their IRA. Use up to 125000 of IRA funds mm -hmm. to buy a qualified longevity annuity contract. These are typically bought when somebody's just retiring in their 60s. Okay. But they don't pay anything until you're 85. Okay. And when they do start paying, they pay a lot. Not unusual that a $100,000 investment at 65 would start paying at 85, 50 grand a year. Wow. So at 85 and 86, all your money's back. And then you get another 50 grand at 87. And if you have, as many of our listeners, many of our clients do, longevity in their family, we were with, I was with clients yesterday. Mom is 91, 92. Um, we, uh, I, I attended a funeral a couple of years ago from one of my favorite clients. Her mom passed away 103. All of a sudden, if you traded 100 for 50 grand a year for 20 plus years. Whoo, good deal. Yeah. yeah, good deal indeed. So uh, some very interesting uh, uses for annuities inside IRAs, uh, some of which are tax friendly some are estate tax friendly some are investment friendly income friendly protection friendly they come in a lot of flavors you got to make sure you're working with an advisor that understands how they work and whether they do uh whether they're a benefit to you mm -hmm. 610-720-7900 we go to the phones we talk to joseph joseph good morning hi gene hey um i have a couple thousand bucks in a Roth IRA, and it was really great until just a few months ago because uh, that credit union offered a 
rate for like two years. I said, take it. So now it's just sitting there at a low interest rate. And I'm interested in, and this is what I want to know, I mean, can you use a Roth IRA for any kind of equity, mutual fund, ETF? And I don't know if that works that way. Can you tell me just about that for, for first? Without a doubt, I can uh, turn the mic over to Alyssa. She can explain that to you. Hi, Joseph. Okay. Yes. So you, it sounds like you maybe have a CD, a Roth IRA CD, perhaps, that you were getting. Well, that- well it, was, it, it was a CD. Yep. It matured, and that interest rate went away. Now yep. it's just a share account, so it's sure. really piddly interest. Sure. So, yes, yeah, so you can invest um, a Roth IRA into a variety of things and um, – very typical to use a mix of mutual funds and exchange traded funds in an account like that. Um, and what we do is allocate um, the right portions of that money into equities versus fixed income securities based on your risk tolerance, based on your time frame. So there's a whole mix of options available, and we work together to decide which allocation model would be appropriate for you. Joseph, and th- there's almost no limit to the kinds of things that you can use a, a Roth IRA money to invest in. So um, credit unions, they, they, they have their own offerings and very little else. If you go to um, an, the, the IRA custodian we use most often is, is Charles Schwab, um, stock mutual funds, stock uh, exchange traded funds, bond funds, real estate funds, commodities funds. It is the universe of investments are available to you. Um, all you need to do is kind of determine either yourself or with the help of a financial advisor what what best fits you, and you're off to the races. That's, that's good to know. Now, a good friend of many years tells me he prefers ETFs to uh, mutual funds, for the reason that mutual funds, you're paying taxes every year on the unrealized gains. And um, if you can clarify that for me, but then also what might be some advantages to stay with mutual funds as to not go to ETFs? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and your friend is correct up to a point. Correct up to a point. There are certain tax advantages, income tax advantages, to being in an ETF versus a mutual fund. But in your particular case, with this particular question, it's irrelevant. You're in a Roth IRA. Whatever you make is going to come out to you tax-free. So one versus the other is, is irrelevant. There are wonderful ETFs. There are wonderful mutual funds. So the issue is not, is one better than the other? It's kind of like saying, is a car better than an SUV? It depends on what you're trying to do with it. And, and so from the standpoint of investing, uh, Joseph, give me a rough idea of the amount of money that we're talking about. I have about 3000 bucks yeah. in that Roth IRA. Yeah. I, I probably want to take a little more risk with maybe a thousand of it to start yeah. just because I need a sleep factor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very easily done. And with 3000 you could pick... Uh, two or three, either mutual funds or exchange-traded funds. Exchange-traded funds are very efficient. Their uh, uh, expense ratios are very low. There's no uh, commissions to trade exchange-traded funds. So I think that's likely the way you want to go. 
And uh, if you're looking to do it on your own, Vanguard has a wonderful collection of exchange-traded funds. If you're looking to work with a financial advisor, they will be able to offer you multiple different types of exchange-traded funds to look at. I think you're on the right track um, uh, with, with a little bit of, uh, of planning and discussion. I think you'll get a nice um, mix in a Roth IRA and the future uh, probably a very nice return as well. Okay, thanks very much, Gene. You're very welcome. Have a good morning. You take care. God bless. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, very interesting that that there are so many people with uh, with bits of information that they share. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know about ETFs, and here's why. And they don't pay attention every week. They don't pay attention to um, the account type. Mm-hmm. So you know, hey, you got to be careful. You you only want it because taxes are really. Not in a Roth IRA. Right. Yeah. Ah, my timing's so good. Voice <laughs> seven He's inch. acting like you planned I that. Just, <laughs> ah, there it goes. <laughs> I'm just I'm just so happy that we're inside and it's not seven degrees. That's the voice of an angel or yeah, maybe a fallen angel. Ooh. I'm just thinking, Ouch. Amy Lee, Evanescence. Whew. Knock Natalie Merchant off her uh, in, angel status. In, in a blink. <laughs> if I could get Amy Lee singing these two songs, because if you listen to our songs, the messages are really appropriate. They're really, they were chosen for you. So if you get a chance, actually listen to the lyrics on occasion. Maybe if I stop talking, they could actually do that. <laughs> 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. We'll take your calls, your questions, your emails after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor. Joining me in the studio, my co-host is... Alyssa Young. And she's so happy. She is such a happy girl. (laughs) She is literally saying prayers of thanks to the good Lord Jesus for the invention of central heat. (laughs) She is. This is... Dear God, thank you for the furnace. Thank you for heating oil. Thank you. But whatever method you can have, yes. at this point, she would take a campfire. That would be fine. <laughs> um, we do indeed. We say our thanks every single day. We are very, very blessed. If you are looking out the window and going, it is a beautiful day out there. It truly is from inside. <laughs> um, the temperature this morning, depending on which of my thermometers that you wish to believe, was either 7, 5, or 3. <laughs> and it's going to zoom up. No, it's not. It's just going to stay cold for the next couple of days. And then I guess Sunday night into Monday snow. Uh, that's what we hear. That's what we hear indeed. Oh, yeah. So be safe, be secure, stay right where you are and call us 610-720-7900. Send us your emails, Alyssa at askmtm.com. And uh, if you wish, uh, you may access our show wherever there is internet, wherever you have access your smartphone, your laptop, your uh, workstation, coast to coast, and from border to border, morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the red listen live button. You're in the gig. 
one of my clients who is a sweetheart and she's a loyal listener, uh, Tina, she emailed me this past week and she said, I hope you're not running in this cold. And I said, I've been stuck, you know, on the treadmill for like a solid week and it's boring to me. But I snuck out on Thursday after work. It was 32. And so that was reasonable, acceptable running weather. So I got an outdoor run in for the first time in about a week, I guess. And now I'll be back in on the treadmill. So for any of the others of you who were worried that I'm crazy enough to be out there in this weather, no. I'm too much of a wimp when it comes to cold. So below 30, I pretty much stay inside. <laughs> well, just because you're not running doesn't mean you're not crazy. Well, right. That's true. I mean, that's just... That would just be Thanks one indicator. One indicator. <laughs> maybe not for that reason. And True. I need to confess. Go ahead. Fess up. Fess up. Uh, Alyssa, in addition to being uh, uh, a uh, extraordinary financial advisor and an exceptional uh, radio host, um, <laughs> has has influenced me. And uh, most of my workouts in recent years have been uh, weights. And uh, I've kind of avoided the whole treadmill running thing. But since the uh, first of the year, I have run two, two 5Ks. Two 5Ks. I mean, not, not, all, not all at one time. Mm, I've, I, I've run 10 and a half miles total a, a mile at a time that's good though that's <clears throat> that's still wonderful it's, way, it's good for you great start that's how you that's how you get going we're doing a lot of interesting stuff in our office we are we um <clears throat> Alyssa is our uh is our coach our, our health coach mm-hmm. and uh, some of the guys have gotten together we're uh because we're not wrapped that tight, we just need that extra added push. So uh, we've we've thrown in a few bucks, and we're having a little bit of a competition. And uh, Alyssa is the uh, referee, mm-hmm. so she has to wear a striped shirt to uh, and a whistle the whole whistle. It's just not, you're not at the weigh-ins. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so we'll uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, and and uh, John Wolf, my good friend and uh, personal physician, had. Uh, recommended that I, in addition to my weights, that we start doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, uh, yeah, well, let's, uh, let's, let's jump on the 610-720-7900. Let's go to the phones. We talked to Stu. Stu, good morning. Good morning. Um, it's, it, it's a question I have is I have about 450,000 in a, I'm, I'm 58. I retired at 56. I have about 450000 in a Pacific Life annuity that this year it paid me, I think, almost 7% return. Um, it's a five-year annuity. I also have about 65000 in a 401K. It's now with TD Ameritrade. That is not doing good at all. Um, I took a 72T from the annuity for five years. I ended up not needing it because I got a part-time job because I wasn't ready to sit home like I thought I was. <laughs> um, so I, I guess my question is, the 450000 I really don't want to take much risk with because I feel like it's an insurance policy for my wife. But the 401k, I really kind of wanted to take some risk um, and kind of play with it a little bit. 
but what it's currently in has not done well at all. Mm. So I, I guess, I guess my, I, I guess really, do I need a new financial advisor? <laughs> probably my question. Well, I think I think that question needs to be put on hold just for a moment, and okay. and the the real question is: Can you get a second opinion? Can you get a review of what you currently have uh, with a financial advisor that's willing to to take a look, give you a good feedback, a good analysis of what you currently have, and then discuss with you what some of the alternatives might be. Mm-hmm. So the the answer, the fact that, that, that your current investments at TD are not doing well could be a function of just timing, could be that they're, they're excellent investments, they're just going through a bit of a down period, or it could be the, I, I think the technical term is those investments stink. We, we, and, and we have no idea without sitting down and, and going through that. It's one right. of the reasons why we invented at uh, the More Than Money World Headquarters the second opinion meeting. There's, there's no charge for it. It's a, uh, an opportunity for anyone uh, to sit with a financial advisor they can trust, go through, in your case, the questions around the investments that you're currently using, and give you some alternatives. So I think you start with that, and then... That's a great idea, well, yes. Then uh, yep. we're going uh, to make sure that we get contact information for you. Um, yeah, that would be great. And, uh, John, if you put him on hold, we'll make sure that we get that contact information. Thank you for your time. Oh, my pleasure, Stu. And while you're doing that, we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Barry. Barry, good morning. You're on More Than Money. Hey, Gene, how's it going today? I was going to ask you real quick. You know, uh, the price of gas is uh, astronomical. <laughs> well, uh, as you probably know, I think it was $4 a gallon the other day. Uh, what, what's causing it? And when, how, how, do you, how do you rectify the situation? Yeah, I think it's uh, as clear as a bell. Sadly, that what's causing the is the uh, the energy policies coming out of Washington D.C. The cost of energy, particularly at the pump, gas pumps, uh, rose immediately upon the new administration taking over last January. Prior to that, as you and I know, everybody knows, gasoline prices had worked their way lower and lower and lower. Natural gas prices lower and lower. Uh, during the four years of the previous administration, uh, the energy prices were at all-time record lows, which really helped the economy when you're spending so much less on transportation costs, so much less on distribution costs. Walmart and UPS and uh, FedEx absolutely uh, are, are, are being gutted with these tremendous 50% increases in their transportation costs and their fuel costs. And as a result, lots of people, lots of prices are going higher, inflation's going higher. And the only thing that has changed legitimately between the Trump administration and now is that the um, federal policy is to put the screws to the energy industry. They would prefer to beg the Saudis to increase production than to allow American companies, which for four years produced so much energy that they were exporting. We were making money by exporting energy around the world and taking a lot of pressure off of Europe, which is largely dependent on buying their fuel from uh, from Russia. Uh, we were making tremendous strides, and they threw the brakes on. And uh, the, what we have seen is uh, is the result. 
both at the uh, at the crude oil level, where uh, a barrel of oil went from thirty six dollars a barrel to over eighty, and at the pump, where you're absolutely right, we're up fifty percent plus, and the heating season. Ooh, some of these folks on fixed income are really going to pay the price for misguided energy policies coming out of D.C. Well, you need to call the White House up and say, Joe, what are you doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, call the White House and talk to somebody. I'm not sure Joe's going to understand what you're saying anyway. I, well, I, I don't think so either. Oh, God bless us. So All right. God Barry, God thank you. Hey, bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go back to the phones. We talk to Ray. Ray, good morning. Hello. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> I am an eighty-seven-year-old woman, and I have an annuity in my retirement plan that will. Uh, mandate uh, at age 90. And my question to you is, would you think that I could extend that annuity to age 95? However, I was wondering if it would be best to just take it at 90 and try to reinvest or (laughs) take a chance at and it's my understanding and I, I would ask for your advice if I uh, allowed it to uh, ask if they could reinvest to, to age 95, um, that might be uh, a way to go also, what you're thinking. Yeah, it's an interesting question. And for lots of folks that are listening, they're surprised to find that your annuity company is giving you some um, restrictions, but they shouldn't be. All annuity companies issue contracts with a set future age at which they expect to begin paying um, uh, benefits out to their contract holders, in this case, to you at age 90. Uh, In almost every case that we've run into, I don't remember one that, that did not work this way. If you request of the company, can I delay that, you're saying to 95, they'll say, sure. Yeah, there's there's very little uh, resistance on the annuity company's part to do that. What makes that a, a, a pretty reasonable thing for you to do is that it doesn't restrict you from changing your mind. So at age 90, you could say, I don't really want the money right now. Can we push that off? They will say yes. And six months later, three months later, you could change your mind and begin taking an income from it. So uh, from your well, standpoint. Excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt, but I have had, since I retired, I'm retired 20 years. Since I've retired, I do have a monthly income from it already. Oh, then, then the 90, the age 90 uh, uh, issue uh, for you really doesn't apply. You're already meeting that age 90 requirement, so it's not anything that you need to worry about. I, I guess I misunderstood when I called the company. <laughs> well, uh, uh, and, and to give you a, a bit of comfort, if you wish, uh, one of our partners, Mike Pompey, that, that visits our office on a regular occasion, is uh, very familiar with annuity contracts. And if you would like to have somebody review yours just to make sure that you're doing exactly what you need to do and that you're A-OK, there's absolutely no charge for that. We'd be happy to do that for you. 
Very good. And the number that I would call for Mike? 610. Yes. 746. Yes. 7007. Very fine. Thank you very much. Ray, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. 610-720. We're on fire. The phones are hot. El Fuego. (laughs) I am El Fuego, actually. The the phones are in Fuego. They're on fire. I am the fire. (laughs) I thought you were the red tail hawk. I'm the red tail hawk and the fire. I try not to mix the two because it would have to be because red tail hawks don't really come back from being burned to ashes. (laughs) So. Okay, 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Zane. Zane, good morning. Hey, Gene. Hey, Alyssa. Hi, Zane. How are you? I'm good. It's it's an honor to be here. I love this show. Thank you so Thank much. You. You're very kind. And uh, in the interest of full disclosure, we uh, Alyssa and I both are very familiar with Mr. Zane. So, <laughs> Zane, what can we do to help this morning? Okay. So my question is basically for the younger audience members of the show. So I am a 19-year-old college student. Um, I'm just looking for advice on how to better save my money. I have a job where I work 11 hours a week, and next year I'm renting a house next year with my friends. Working on a tight budget is stressful, and I would just like some more <clears throat> sorry, some more insight on how to do that. Uh, it's a really good question, and it's one that, as as you already know, and most of our audience can suspect, it affects a ton of folks, mm-hmm. uh, college students living on a tight budget. That's one one hand goes in what hand in glove. It's it it absolutely is the case for almost all the kids that are in college. So, uh, I'm going to encourage you to 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 kind of think about this a little differently. You're at a time in your life, some would say a season in your life or, or a part of the life cycle where tight budget is normal. Mm-hmm. So you're stressing yourself over something that is normal, not unlike um, Alyssa getting out of her car this morning. And as we greeted each other, she didn't even say hello. She went, it is so cold, and I really hate it, and I'm really stressed. Well, <laughs> it's winter. And, and winter, it is normal for it to be cold in winter. It is normal when you are in college and your ability to work a lot of hours is pretty restricted and your commitment to your education has to be pretty high that your budget's going to be tight. What isn't normal or at least what doesn't have to follow is that you feel stressed about that. Um, I would encourage you to start thinking really positively about the investment that you're making in your future through your education. Uh, you're, you're absolutely, you've got student loans, you've got bills to pay. You, you don't have a lot of cash flow, but you are making deposits into an investment account that's far more valuable at the moment uh, to you than a Roth IRA would be or than a mutual fund would be because you're setting yourself up for a career of wonderful professional opportunities, wonderful opportunity for a strong income stream, and the, the time, the season for you to make significant investments or to save significantly 
is yet to come. Mm-hmm. It's coming and it's really close. It's not unlike um, the middle of February is just so dark and dreary and you're going winter will never end. And I'm getting a little blue depressed about all. And yet spring is just a few weeks away. Spring mm-hmm. is the, the season of opportunity and, uh, and planting and, and getting things uh, well prepared. So I would encourage you uh, be very um, uh, specific, be very uh, uh, attentive to how you spend your money. Uh, the, 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 the budget's tight. We get that, which means you got to watch every penny. You got to be creative. Uh, you, you've got to find things that, that you need to spend money on and find creative ways to spend less money on it. Uh, lots of ways to do that. And in, in the old days, there was coupons. I'm not really sure. I that still use coupons. Coupons still work. I, I use coupons. Ah, fantastic. Good. That, that's like before. Uh, you, you, it's a really good start. And, and the other thing that I would I would encourage you to do, um, if if you were calling me in five years and and you were um, well engaged and and maybe I don't know a financial advisor or something, and uh, and you you had a good good income, I would encourage you to think about your your uh, income in in four ways: ten uh, percent to go to savings, ten percent to go for uh, charitable. Um, uh, activities, uh, giving money away, 10% to go for investment and 70% to spend, spend and enjoy and have a great lifestyle. W- right now you can't, you simply can't do that. Yeah. But what you could do is something very similar. And, and it, in, instead of a 70, 10, 10, 10, maybe it's a 97, 111. Mm-hmm. You can still give away a little money. You can still save a little money, 1%. Even if you're only making 100 bucks a week, I get it. 1% is only a buck. A, a buck not, is not nothing. Right. And it gets you in the habit. It gets you in the disciplines. It gets you on that path of that's how you think. That's how you approach your money. When I get money, part of it goes to worthy causes, my church or folds of honor or whatever. Part of it goes to savings. That'll be for my future home. That'll be for my next car. And part of it goes for investment and investment money. We never spend investment money is capital that we keep forever. And we just allow it to continue to grow and grow and grow until you get to where you can do 10, 10 and 10 do one, one and one. So it's, it's a start. If I can chime in, um, Zane, I think Gene's advice is great because I understand that you have those goals, you know, and you know that what you need to do in your future is to save and to invest and you're ambitious and you want to get started now. So I think it's great advice of his to to not feel like pressure to rush into that right now because it's not a good time to do it. But because I know you're probably looking for something kind of tangible and proactive that you can do, what I would encourage you to do for now is to start keeping track of how your cash flow looks. So to start making like a list that maybe on a monthly basis, here's my income and here's how I'm spending my money. So you'll learn what your patterns are and then you can identify the money you need to spend and then how you're using the money that is discretionary, this, the extra, the fun stuff. Because as you get into that situation next year where you have rent and things like that, you might need to 
figure out ways to make it work. So start keeping track. Just write it down. Look at the patterns. Um, see if there's areas where you need to save, you know, in a month where things are tighter than others. And that way you can, you can feel more comfortable knowing you can afford the new expenses that are coming around the corner. So that's one thing I would recommend doing just to give you some peace of mind um, in the coming, you know, years until you finish school. Yeah, that's good. Alyssa, that's a great idea. I'm I'm going to suggest, and, and I, I'm not the one that will be able to determine it. I'll bet there are a number of apps that are available that would help uh, Zane and, and other young folks just do that right on their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I first started and I money was really tight, um, my mom and dad gave me a notebook and told me to do exactly the same thing. And I was writing things down and writing things down. And it took a little bit of time for me to get into the right pattern and, 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 and draw the right conclusions. Uh, Zane, I'll share with you that, that uh, my freshman year in college at Chapel Hill, North Carolina, I spent a lot of money on gas uh, going to and from school, to and from workouts, to and from um, uh, I was in, in the Air Force, to and from meetings and drills. And when I really recognized that, I made a purchase of a bicycle. And I was able to pay for the bicycle with gas savings in three months and then saved all that money thereafter. So it, it, it was that Alyssa's recommendation that you kind of track what you're spending on is a very good one and can give you some real insights. But again, um, be um, at peace. Be confident. You are doing exactly what you should be doing at this stage of your life. Um, you are literally just around the corner from that opportunity to save and give and invest significant amounts of money. But at the moment, you've got to be focused on uh, investing in your education, investing in your intellectual future. And the other thing I would recommend, just as an aside, uh, is, is keep your eyes open. There are people out there that will bring you opportunities and bring you insights that you maybe haven't even met yet. Mentors, employers, people that you uh, that you can learn from. And uh, the more that you learn at this stage, the more profitable you're going to be um, going forward. Zane, that's uh, that's the voice of an angel. That means hard break mm-hmm. top of the hour. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it very much. Hopefully you'll Thanks. stay in touch. You'll be our uh, our financial correspondent to uh, the College Students of America. (laughs) Thank you so much, my friend. God bless you. Nice to hear from you, Zane. Ah, top of the hour. That means Fox Network News. It'll tell you how cold it is, how much snow is coming, when, and uh, what you need to do to get ready. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. We'll take your calls after this on More Than Money. I'm giving
Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got 52 and a half minutes left in this edition of More Than Money to get your questions asked and answered. Alyssa's glancing at the clock going, how does he calculate? Yeah, it's He's just, a math whiz. He is a, well, the word whiz is in there somewhere. <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth, yeah, I knew I you shouldn't know, have said it yet. Please, <laughs> just make that HR complaint now. 904. Uh, 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. I want to thank Zane for uh, calling in, Zane Belsack. Uh, that's Mark's son. He's uh, in college and uh, uh, considering, strongly considering a, a career as a financial advisor, following in his father's footsteps. He was in our office a uh, month or the so third. ago. Oh, third. third. Okay, so two weeks ago. Um, God, we, we do jam a lot into yeah. every day. So, yeah. uh, time, uh, flies, um, and demonstrated a real appreciation for, uh, the mechanics, the, the subtleties of what we do asked, I thought really, really wonderful questions. Um, kind of reminded me of a similar experience we had had a month or so earlier than that mm. when another young man was in, uh, mm-hmm. Forget Who his was name. that kid? Hmm. Alyssa's son, Andrew, <laughs> who is a junior in high school. Now, Zane's a sophomore in college, so they're not that far Three apart. Three years in yeah. age, yeah. <laughs> so uh, was in as part of one of his, uh, what, what, what's the title of the course? Junior Seminar. So it's it's kind of like life skills? It's Nazareth High School's course for preparing kids for career and college exploration. So they're starting to research what they want to study, what they want to do. Um, and so they have a whole program. It's a semester-long course when you're in 11th grade. And uh, a jo- job shadowing was one of the requirements. Yep. Um, handled himself wonderfully. Thanks. And asked what I thought uh, were exceptionally insightful questions for a young man. Now, let's give Zane some credit. Zane is studying finance. Zane is on track. He, this mm-hmm. is his target. For Andrew, this was, um, hey, it's something my mom does. That's kind of cool. Hey, uh, I know Jean uh, from church and, and Diane from church and uh, like them and maybe, who knows. Uh, he clearly, both of these young men were clearly very prepared. That indicates whether they know it or not. That indicates two insanely uh, important attributes that they are demonstrating. Number one, they're demonstrating respect. They respect the, they respected the time and the um, the willingness to share on the part of not just me. What, what half a dozen of our mm-hmm. team met with each of them. Uh, so they sh- it showed great respect for us and our team. It showed great respect for themselves. Why would you voluntarily waste your own time? But tons of people do it. Mm-hmm. We've had folks come in for job interviews that one young lady in particular. Oh, my goodness. I remember it like it was yesterday and it was probably 10 years ago. Uh, when she showed up, she got out of her car. I, as as if many of you who have been in the More Than Money World headquarters know, we have lots of windows, and and the parking lot's right out front. So she got out, and and she appeared to be going to a prom. Mm-hmm. 
It was nine o'clock in the morning and she had her best prom gown on. <laughs> she had six inch heels, sparkly everything. And I'm going, what the? Wait, I should stop wearing sequins to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. You're not going to stop? <laughs> okay, <laughs> <No>. good. Good. <laughs> I like to be flashy. <laughs> uh, in, and when she was seated and I uh, joined her, as I often do with uh, interviews, my first question was, uh, tell me a little bit about what you know about my company. And she kind of went, well, and she looked around the room. Oh, no. Trying her most desperate in in uh, in, in efforts to glean if some insight, anything. <laughs> Just is there a diploma? Is there maybe a flag that's, you know, it's the, it's the Scottish flag. He's, he's William Wallace. Not, it's, I, I, and she said, um... I'm pretty sure you're in business. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> her complete waste of time started with, you didn't even look on the website? You, you didn't even take literally what it would have taken, five minutes to pull the website up and go financial advisor, got it, got his background, went to the University of North Carolina, Air Force, got it, wife, head of tax, whoa, that'd be good, got it, got it. Five minutes, five minutes. Not enough respect for the company or herself yeah, to do same. that. Yeah. And, and misguided, no, no guidance from somebody in her family to say, you're going for a job interview at a business. You don't dress like you're going to the prom. Now, in, in her defense, God bless her. Very sweet girl, very, very sweet girl. She was uh, at that point working in retail, which was probably a good career choice for her. Uh, fashion, jewelry, something would have been wonderful. Um, stuff that she was really interested in. But in her defense, she, I'm certain somebody said, dress your best. And in her mind, that was her best. And she, bless her, bless her. Uh, and you're right, we rarely wear sequins. <laughs> <clears throat> Tip. Occasionally, it's we save it for a special occasion, not which, just <laughs> which in our office is Thursdays. <laughs> we, we typically do sequin Thursdays. Oh gosh, we will now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no, we won't. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Gene at askmtm dot com. More than money online dot com. Boy, last hour was a blur, it or was. last half hour was a blur speaking of special occasions we haven't talked about oh, please. one yet because we've been busy we've been busy so far this morning so i just want to take a couple of minutes to um, invite our audience to join us for a special thursday you can wear sequins to this if you would like it would not be completely <laughs> out of line so um we're hosting our second event for women um that we're calling invest in you and this one is happening six o'clock on Thursday, February tenth, and it's called Chocolate Wine and Valentines. So, if you like chocolate, and if you like wine, and if you like them together, then you want to come to this event. We are piggybacking on something that the Nazareth and Bath Chambers of Commerce are hosting. They're hosting a to-go chocolate and wine pairing. So we're going to get these chocolate and wine pairings that are provided by local businesses and bring them to the world headquarters and invite you to come there with us and 
try these chocolate and wine pairings and they're doing like a 30 minute zoom call where we will learn about what we're tasting and while we're together enjoying these chocolate and wine pairings we're going to make valentines for the residents of the Northampton County Nursing Home Gracedale. So we'll just put together some little cards that will put smiles on their faces. Mm. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to this. We already have a nice group of women who've responded who would like to come. So I invite others to join us if you would like the details and to RSVP. And the RSVP deadline is February 2nd, so we can order the chocolate and wine pairings. Go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, and click the link that appears at the very top of the page in a pink box. Um, you can't miss it. Uh, if you have any questions about it, you can call or email me. But um, I just wanted to make sure you know that that's happening and you're invited. If you're a Lehigh Valley lady who would like to join us, I'd love to have you there. So um, come and hang out and have some yummy chocolate and wine. And if I remember correctly, the cost is very reasonable. It's what, $150? <laughs> it's $10, $10 a person. Yeah. $10. Yeah, we're gonna cover most of it, but because um, there's a there's a charge for the chocolate and wine pairings, but we're asking everybody to pitch in. $10. But it's not 150. A no, person. it's not. No, it's ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks for wine, chocolate. A wonderful group of people that you're gonna spend some time with and really um, walk away with a smile on your face, and the chance to put smiles on the faces of. Folks at Graysdale who need smiles. That's right. That's wonderful. Good um, for you. I will tell you that if you're looking for just a nice night out, it's, you know, an hour and a half, whatever. Lots of laughter and just, <laughs> in, you know, relaxed. We had a great time at our last event, and a lot of the same people are already signed up to come. We have at least one or two newcomers. But uh, everyone who was there in December when we packed the shoe boxes for Holiday Hope Chest, they had a blast. So... Uh, I would encourage you New, to come. Newcomers are not only welcome, they're encouraged because I know some of the people that came to the first event and we'd like to, <clears throat> you know, kick them out. <laughs> there's some there's some just rowdy, out-of-control people. Um, my, a, a high school classmate of mine um, works at the volunteer office at Graysdale, and when I called there to talk to them about this plan to deliver a Valentine's, she was really happy because she said that that's a holiday that doesn't get a whole lot of attention um, for the residents there. And she said anything colorful and sweet is really welcome. And she was really grateful. So um, the more Valentines we can make and um, provide to, for them to distribute to the residents, uh, the better. So, How many residents do they have? It's yet? more than 400. Um, I wrote down the number when I talked to her. I don't remember exactly, but it's between it's 400 and 500. Yeah. God bless. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you to Megan for, uh, uh, Alyssa and Megan have taken this project um, uh, by the horns, literally. And uh, the first event was wonderful. A tremendous result. Gosh. We packed uh, 52 shoeboxes of gifts for kids. True. And can you imagine if you packed one of those boxes that was opened on Christmas morning by one of those young kids that maybe... Other than that, got nothing for Christmas. But they did get that, and, and they knew that somebody packed that with love and gave them a little hope, maybe changed the life right there. And now we're going kind of the, the opposite end of the, the life cycle and, and helping some folks that really need some, some, uh, some smiles. So well done. Thanks. Well done. Speaking of uh, folks who need smiles and the 
likely at the sad end of their life. Paul Groove is uh, celebrating a birthday today. He is. Paul's my buddy. Paul is just a wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the Groob name. I guess so. I think his uh, so many. We know uh, so many wonderful Groobs. So many. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> just amazing. Just wonderful. Um, I just happen to notice on occasion I'll get a, uh, I have no idea why I get notifications. Because oh. <laughs> I think it's from my FaceTalk or my TikTok or uh, or my my uh, my my Insta pudding, or I I don't know what I don't know how I get these things, but um, yeah, I already texted Paul a happy birthday message this morning, and I'll give him a birthday hug tomorrow at church. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll do the same. Okay. Just if if you see me sit talking to him and I haven't done it yet, go, <clears throat> birthday <clears throat> birthday six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred Gene at askmtm.com more than money online.com Alyssa at askmtm.com can we give you more ways to join us goodness uh, I want to I, I I don't want to in, inflict this upon you okay. Um, young lady writes, my partner has been self-employed his, his entire working life. He's 78 years old. He's been divorced for about 35 years. Wow. So, uh, 30, what? 43 years old. Yeah. Uh, never remarried. He's collecting social security. He would like to see if he can collect on his ex-wife's social security. Well, now that that's kind of interesting. She remarried. Her husband had an office job, apparently that's an important detail, <laughs> and collected a good Social Security benefit and recently passed away. So she's now collecting her late husband's Social Security. Can, he, can, can this, this, her partner, can her ex-husband claim on her new Social Security benefit which is more than he's collecting on his own. <laughs> I understand he would be el- be eligible for half her benefits. Her individual social security benefit was very much uh, was very much while while here late has was very much. Okay, let's assume that her benefit was similar to his benefit. I think that's what she's trying uh, to say. Not sure. uh, her individual social security benefit was very much while her here. I'm thinking that means was her, and, and does but does that mean it was high? Her individual social security benefit was substantial, like was a higher benefit, or does it mean very much like? I don't know. I, well, I open to and, interpretation. And, and but you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's kind of like saying, hey, should we uh, replace the deck chairs over here on the Titanic? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's just, you're going to be okay. So the question becomes can her partner <laughs> receive a Social Security benefit on his ex wife's? deceased new husband's <laughs> social security and uh and we had to do some no we didn't have to do any research the answer is no <laughs> no thanks for asking <laughs> we have some nice parting gifts <laughs> goodness that's uh that's one of the more remarkably optimistic questions i have ever had posed of uh, I know it might be a bit of a stretch, but hey, if we can get some extra bucks, might as well ask the question. Oh, it doesn't hurt to ask. Doesn't hurt that often. That is exactly right. Does not hurt to ask. 
And quite often you'll be surprised that the answer is, yeah, mm-hmm. by golly, that is true. Mm-hmm. So a very interesting question. Um, in, in general, uh, divorced spouses can can collect uh, on yes. their um, ex-spouses, ex-spouses benefit, benefit packages. Yeah. Um, but typically that is limited to 50% of the ex-spouses Social Security benefit. It doesn't get escalated <laughs> no. if somebody marries well. It's only one degree. It doesn't go beyond that. Oh. Six degrees of what separation <laughs> from Kevin Bacon. I learned from Mark. Which Basak. means, oh. I guess you could claim on oh, Kevin gosh. Bacon's. <laughs> you know, you may <laughs> Almost not. everybody can claim their Social Security benefit. I think it says it on the Social Security Administration website. Does not apply to Kevin yes. Bacon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll make a note of that. It's the Kevin Bacon rule. Oh, my. Um, I I learned something interesting this week from Mark Basak. I think every every time I speak to him, I do. But um, he taught me about how the spousal benefit works. And it's interesting. It's very complicated. But, um, you know, people always ask, well, aren't I entitled to half of my spouse's benefit if if mine is less? I've heard that question many Uh times. And in a very, like abbreviated format, I can explain what Mark taught me. And that is that you compare your benefit at full retirement age to your spouse's higher benefit at full retirement age. Mm -hmm. You take the difference between those numbers and that would be your um, maximum spousal benefit. And whether you get all of that or not depends on how close you are to full retirement age when you start your benefit. And if it's you start it much earlier, it's reduced. And if you wait till your full retirement age, you get the entire amount added to your benefit. I think I have that right. I wrote it all down because I know that's something I'd have to go back to revisit. It is kind of complicated and it's not a straightforward number or a straightforward formula because it all is dependent on your age. But um, just a little insight to offer that it's not just a strict half my spouse's benefit uh, formula. Now, using kind of simple numbers, because I don't want to get a headache, um, get all mathy on people. Mm -hmm. So if uh, the higher earning spouse at normal retirement age would receive $3,000 a month, and the lower earning spouse at normal retirement age would receive $1,000 a month, then the spousal benefit is $500 a month because they will collect their own thousand and then the spousal benefit brings them up to one half of the higher spouse's benefit. That's all assuming normal retirement age. And interestingly enough, uh, I, I think it's well over half. It may be over 70%. People don't wait until normal retirement yeah. age. So if you're taking it at 62 the first thing that happens is that the higher uh, spouse's higher earning spouse benefit gets cut dramatically. Three grand's not three grand. Right. Secondly, the spousal benefit gets cut dramatically because you're taking it early. So you're getting haircuts everywhere. So, yeah, don't get all your knickers in a twist <laughs> until you've um, explored this pretty, pretty, uh, pretty intently. Uh, all right, you're going to check your emails? Yeah, I have an email. We could um, address this one. It's pretty 
quick. Go ahead. Um, it says, I use a credit card that gives cash back to my checking account for selected purchases. Is this money taxable? Thank you. Um, just some quick, it was a good question. I said, I don't think so. And I looked it up and I asked Gene and he um, was of the same um, mindset. Uh, if it's treated like a rebate, uh, it's not taxable. I did find a, um, a, a, a an exception, I guess. If you're offered money up front as an incentive to open an account, that can be um, taxable. But in the case of a rebate, and, and Diane actually just confirmed, she's our tax expert, it is not taxable. So if you're getting like your, your credit card company might call it reward dollars or rebate dollars or dividend dollars um, as cash back, you don't even need to report that on your income tax. Fantastic. Well done. Um, would you do this one next? Because that's sure. one that when I saw it, I went, oh. Yeah. Uh, we got an email this week that says, on contribution of appreciated stock to a 529 plan, does the 529 recipient owe any capital gains tax when funds are used for college expense? That is a fascinating question. And the answer to this question is that you cannot contribute appreciated stock to a 529 plan. So it's moot. Uh, You can only um, contribute cash. And a 529 plan is specifically saving for education expenses. So if you wanted to use appreciated stock to fund a 529 plan, you would need to liquidate that stock first. And depending if it's in a taxable account, you would Oh, capital gains tax on it. And then you could put the money into the 529 plan, but you can't put stock directly in to the account. And you're quite right. Since you can't, it's a moo point. A moo point. Exactly right. Moot. Now, interestingly enough, I'm going to do a corollary off of that question. Not a coronary. <clears throat> I was feeling a little peaked this morning. Actually, you walk out when it's three degrees, you don't feel peaked at all. You go, I'm wide awake. <laughs> this is really cold. Uh, a corollary to the you cannot put appreciated stock into a 529 plan, but connected to a question we answered last week about donor-advised funds, which is a contribution, a contributory account that you set up that allows you to pool your uh, charitable contributions all into one spot, and you can accumulate dollars, you can make distribution dollars. A little earthquake there going on. That's nice. Oh, we're getting a little vibration. When the vibration comes and you're 67 stories up, yeah, it gets your attention. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm guessing they're doing some construction downstairs, but, but I could be wrong. Um, a donor advised fund it allows you to set up your own. In 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 many ways, it'll function as a private foundation for you. It isn't. There are significant differences, but you can think of it that way. You put uh, money in. It is a tax deduction for putting money into your own donor advised fund. And then later you make distributions to nonprofits that you wish to support and uh, you can accumulate. We've been building our more than money foundation for American values for a number of years. We're um, very excited. We're going to be crossing a milestone here momentarily, a significant milestone. We're very, very happy about that. A donor advised fund will accept appreciated stock. So you have some PPL stock that you got years ago for five bucks and it's grown tremendously and you really don't want to pay the tax on it. You can contribute that to your donor advised fund. That is a full tax deduction. 
Uh, no taxable event to you. The donor advised fund will then sell the stock and invest into um, your donor advised fund for you. And uh, you have uh, cheated the IRS several different ways and uh, cheated legally. <laughs> uh, you have avoided taxes, not evaded taxes. You have avoided taxes. That worked out really well. Excellent. 610-720-7900. Interesting day. No calls for half an hour. A hundred calls in a half an hour. No calls for half an yeah. hour. I guess the next half hour, a hundred calls. Uh, well, let's bring them on. That'd Just be great. Give us How much call. time do we have there, sir? Minute and a half. Oh, then no, we'll just let that write music in 20 seconds. Okay. Um, so a couple things. We've had a number of folks say, hey, wow, second opinion on that Roth IRA investment. That'd be great. Hey, second opinion on the 401k investment. That'd be great. Hey, Social Security, second opinion. Second opinions are kind of our thing. <laughs> That's kind of our thing. Um, it I've always kind of surprised me that other financial groups haven't really caught on that that's <clears throat> thank god they have yeah. uh it's kind of our thing if you wish a second opinion for your financial situation uh pretty easily done you can send Alyssa a request Alyssa a-l-y-s-s-a at askmtm.com uh, you can go to our website morethanmoneyonline.com and make the request through the website and you can go old school. You can call directly to the office, 610-746-7007. Of course, over the weekend, just leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday or Tuesday, depending on the weather. And if you call during normal business hours, you'll talk to a wonderful person, 610-746-7007. Folks, we're going to take your calls, your questions in the last 23 minutes and 30 seconds of this edition right after... Fox News, here on More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You have Alyssa Young. You have 22 minutes and 31 seconds left in this edition of More Than Money. Happy to be serving you this morning. Uh, for the next few moments, we're turning the phone ringer off. Uh, John's got a couple things he has to attend to. So we're taking emails and Alyssa at askmtm.com, Gene at askmtm.com. I'm going to go through this one because it's lengthy. I'll get started here. I don't think it'll fill up the entire 22 minutes, <laughs> but it might. <clears throat> the question is how to re-register an existing deed of our primary home to best take advantage of any stepped-up basis and or federal exemption allowance upon his first passing, his passing first, then wife, me, selling the property within two years. Whew. Should the deed be titled in both our names and then be transferred to our revocable living trust, or will this mean no stepped-up basis? My husband will be 100 years old this year. Woo! I will be 80. You're just a baby, <laughs> just a child. Uh, we want to fix the deed and possibly add it to our trust. It may need a fix because for our entire 53-year marriage, the deed has never been changed to show my name. My husband bought this house for twenty six thousand five hundred and nineteen fifty eight with his first wife, who then died only six years later. 
Oh, goodness. Uh, the property's market value is now almost 700000 As the deed reads, now my husband is the sole owner uh, and due to her death, and he never initiated a change to the deed. Are we better able to capture the stepped-up basis by, one, leaving the deed as is, change number two, change to his name only, then add or do not add to the trust, or three, put in both our names and then into the trust or other. <laughs> All the above. Do all of those. No, that's a bad, <laughs> bad idea. Perhaps the federal exemption makes this a moo point. Moo. No, moot. No, it's moot. I get it. Uh, actually, she said mute, but that's, I get what you mean. <laughs> but we're thoroughly confused by the math. Understandably uh-huh. so. Yeah. Please help us decide how to title this property. P.S. We own rental property in another state, thus the reason for the trust. Thank you very much. Well, no, thank you. And goodness. Um... Let's see. 53 years married. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Good for them. Absolutely good for them. Um, okay. I, I, I will begin by um, uh, recommending, strongly recommending, that you sit with a trusted, experienced estate planning attorney. If this is an issue... And it is, I think, less of an issue than you might fear. But if this is an issue, um, it needs to be addressed um, by an attorney. You need an attorney's assistance if you're changing a deed, for sure. You need an attorney's assistance if you're going to establish a revocable living trust, for sure. You need an attorney's wisdom and experience to tell you whether you need to do either. I will give you my opinion based on my 780 years of experience, uh, particularly in the areas of real estate and estate planning. But please, please, please uh, do not um, take my uh, description of what I think you should do at face value. Please make sure that you are using a trusted, experienced estate planning attorney. And if you do not have one, you can counsel with ours at no charge. The initial meeting is at no charge. The fact that the deed has not been changed since your husband lost his first wife 60 plus years ago um, is an indicator that this, this has not, estate planning may not have been as completely done as it needs to be. There will be a challenge at the point that the property changes ownership because it will need to be proven probate, need to be proven not only did your husband own the property uh, and is deceased, but that his original uh, joint owner with his first wife, uh, that she is also deceased. So a death certificate from uh, 1964 is likely going to be needed um, uh, to complete the transfer. As I read your email, I don't believe uh, that adding you to the deed will advance your uh, intent at all. I think if indeed your husband's the sole owner at the moment and passes and you receive the home, you will receive a stepped up basis for the entire value of the home. 
having said that, the cost basis will then jump rather dramatically from twenty six five to seven hundred thousand dollars. That's a pretty important uh, piece of the puzzle. So your cost basis um, then, should you decide to sell the property, is fundamentally the full value of the property. You could sell it, and and you would be looking at paying no income taxes whatsoever. There is an exclusion. Yes, there's a federal exclusion, exemption, uh, mm. similar word, um, of $250,000 should you sell the house um, uh, as the sole owner after your husband has passed away. But the exclusion is 250000 of profit. So if you inherit the value of the home, $700,000 at age 80, and remain in the home for five years, and the value grows to $800,000, uh, uh, and then you decide to sell. Perhaps you're moving into a, a continuing care community, et cetera, uh, or, or some other plan has come uh, to better serve you. Your uh, profit on a sale of $800,000 is $100,000 because you got a full stepped-up basis at his passing, and you have a $250,000 exclusion. You pay no tax. So I think that's the best uh, way to go. I'm not a huge fan of revocable living trust, not a huge fan, but that's not important. It doesn't matter whether I'm a huge fan. What's important is whether the attorney that you choose is a huge fan. So if I may clarify one thing, I just want to make sure I got that right. Um, A spouse who is inheriting the home because Mm -hmm. her name is not on the deed receives the stepped up cost basis. Sure. Now you want to take it one step further? Sure. What if they're in joint name? What if the house were in joint names? Then it wouldn't be oh a half. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. So look at the, that. The, I love when the light goes yeah, on. That's you could fantastic. See it, right? <laughs> yeah. So in that case, if it if the D was in both of their names and a husband dies first, the wife would inherit fifty percent of the value of the house. And so I guess fifty percent of the capital uh, the cost basis would be adjusted accordingly, right? Of course. Yeah, so, so assuming it's 700000 two things happen at his passing, if it were in joint name. Okay. It's not. Which is not, but, right. but we're, we're using this as an example. Her, um, she technically, even though they're in joint names, at his passing, she inherits his half. Right. At a stepped-up basis. So she gets 350000 but she gets a little extra because if it's in joint names, she already has half of the original cost basis mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. So 50, I'm sorry, 26, 5, uh, 14, 13, 14,000 bucks. So her cost basis, 14 plus 350, her cost basis is now 364. That's so confusing. It is confusing, <laughs> which is why we absolutely, at every turn, have to encourage you. You work with a trusted, experienced estate planning attorney. There are a half a dozen, no, half a dozen times a hundred ways for things to be misreported, misunderstood, um, taxes to be paid that were, should not have been paid. And this is a very good example. There, there are tons and tons and tons of, of second marriages and um, where the 
emotional inclination, I, I you should put my name on the deed. I'm your wife now. I mean, 53 years, for God's sakes. Uh, well, they're still trying to see if it's going to work out. Yeah. Uh, bottom line is, in this case, she may very well end up benefiting significantly if um, if she were on the deed and we just walk through that, mm -hmm. uh, she would end up with a capital gain of something about $330,000. She gets two fifty dollars for free. She's going to pay 20% of eighty grand. She's going to pay 16000 bucks. If If it unfolds the way I think it's going to unfold, she'll pay zero. Yeah. It's a good thing she asked. Oh, my goodness, yes. You don't yes. want to assume. No, and yeah. let's be honest, 80 years old, that's a pretty detailed email. And it, and it's and and it gave me a lot of information yeah. uh, that that allows me to give her some real uh, some real I think some real comfort and Definitely. hopefully uh, again if she has they have an estate planning attorney that they trust ooh, lovely yeah. problem solved well I'll be emailing her back um, actually on Monday so um, I'll give her information about the attorney we trust. Um, and if she needs any more help, I'm sure he'd be happy to hook her up. Fantastic. Uh, I am negligent on occasion. Jeez, oh, I could just stop there. That that That's just a true statement right there. But relative to our radio audience, I often remember on our TV shows to uh, recommend that they send us their emails uh, and that uh, we answer every single email. Not every email makes it to the air. Right. We, we just have it. We we simply don't have enough time. Um, I recently culled um, uh, about a year's worth of emails out of my email question file that comes with me to the radio show every year, every year, every week. Um, and and these are just emails that we didn't get to on air, but every single email gets answered. Um, interestingly enough, and and we had one of those last week. Um, not every single email that gets answered. Do we get answered? <laughs> it happens a lot, actually. Sadly, uh, if you're interested in getting good information and you make the request, um, it would, it's very courteous then to actually participate in the process and uh, have that conversation and get the information that you requested because our advisors are there to serve without a doubt, um, but they do require cooperation, uh, not unlike uh, if you were a waiter or waitress, and you walked up to the table and say, what would you like to, to eat this evening? And they go, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> um, you came in, you sat down, you asked for service, but then you're not going to cooperate. Right. Sometimes people ask us a question, and they, I think, hope we can just provide a really easy, straightforward answer, and they don't want to participate and provide more information or make time to talk. And it's not always possible to just answer your question based on an email. A lot of times there are important details that are missing or we would be negligent to just mm. make a recommendation based on a couple sentences that you wrote to us without asking follow-up questions. So we'll say, hey, can we plan some time to talk or you know, meet, get together and meet so we can do a better job of addressing you know, your concerns? And then they're like, nah. I don't feel like yeah, that. if they want uh, <laughs> you know, negligence and, and no real interaction, they should go to a robo-advisor. Right. Then they can be treated shabbily. Right. I'm just, 
That, that might have been that might have been a little a little harsh. Uh, they're not being treated anyway. Robo advisors have no feelings. <laughs> you're you're not offending them. Right. There's there's no them. It's just a computer algorithm. They're just. Mm-hmm. They will uh, show you no compassion either. No, it's. <laughs> uh, but of course not. What? Where is that Arctic blast of air coming from? Do you feel that? Is the uh, window open? The the air kicked on. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I'm not really clear. I would call it an Arctic blast. <laughs> okay, that was a little, I'm exaggerating a little, but in 11 and a half minutes, you're going to be I going did. out into the Arctic yeah. blast. I don't need to feel it now. Goodness gracious! Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We've got about four minutes that we could accept a phone call. So if you're if you're anxious, do it now. For goodness sakes, don't wait. Otherwise, we're going to attend to other details more important so uh for the folks who were not with us earlier in the show please remind them of the next invest in you event coming up sure we are hosting chocolate wine and valentines at six o'clock on thursday february 10th at the mtm world headquarters in lower nazareth township um you ladies in the lehigh valley you are welcome to join us for um five pairings of chocolate and wine And while we're together enjoying those, we will make valentines to distribute to the residents at Graysdale, Northampton County's nursing home. So to join us for that, all you need to do is go to morethemoneyonline.com and click the link that appears at the top of the page so you can RSVP. We need to know you're coming so we can order you chocolate and wine. And um, we're asking for a $10 contribution to the cost. And you'll have a lovely evening together with some other fun People and we'll make some um, elderly people's Valentine's Day a little brighter. So I hope you'll join us for that. And if you are starting to see a theme, an underlying theme to the Invest in You events, um, I, that's very wise of you. Um, there's very little in the way of formal haranguing, <laughs> there's a whole lot in the way of uh, socializing and uh, and enjoyment and pleasure and fun and a really strong underlying theme of helping some folks yeah. that need our help. Yeah. So whether it's children or seniors, um, I would, s- I'm, and I'm just spitballing here in a future event. I'm sure there's going to be an animal event in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Has to be an mm-hmm. animal event in there someplace. So lots of great fun. Um, but, but, but more an opportunity to connect. Yeah. And in this world, uh, connection, uh, the folks that I'm, I'm most concerned about with all the, in my opinion, undue restrictions that have been placed on Americans are some of our, our, our loneliest folks who yeah. feel very isolated and very disconnected now. So if you have the opportunity, independent of our Invest in You events, if you have the opportunity of being kind, of connecting to somebody, perhaps a neighbor, perhaps somebody who's um, in your church, perhaps, or that hasn't been able to attend or is concerned about attending and, and you'd like to spend some time with, uh, you'd be amazed just, you know, dropping in for five minutes, um, just a quick hug hmm. and uh, thinking about you can make all the difference in the world and making them feel reconnected. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, a powerful challenge. It's a powerful challenge. And, um, 
if if you're not maybe in a position where you can do that, you can certainly offer up prayers. And yeah. and there's tons of folks out there that would deeply appreciate. Um, it's it's amazing. They've they've actually done amazing scientific scientific studies of the impact of prayer and even people that did not know they were being prayed for. Wow. Showed improvement. How incredible. That's wonderful. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a I kinda wonder if it's an absolute fact. Mm-hmm. So uh six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We're gonna put that away. Uh, two minutes. Oh, excellent. Uh, what do you got there? We'll do a quick one before we go. Sure. Here's another email we received. Uh, it says, my daughter received an IRA from her deceased husband's estate. We believe there is a loophole for five-year withdrawal with no fine. Has this been extended to longer? Uh, it has been. Yeah, the old five-year rule, um, which, which, which was rarely used, to be fair, to be fair. Thank you. Um, was uh, largely uh, converted, converted to the wrong word, largely uh, misapplied, um, misunderstood by a lot of folks who inherited IRAs because you could effectively stretch out the IRA distribution over your entire lifetime. Right. So it was a very flexible kind of an arrangement. Um, that rule changed as of uh, January, January 1st, 2020. Uh, anyone who passed away January 1st, 2020 or, or later, uh, the new rule is a 10-year rule. Yes. So if this is a daughter, oh, she received. Oh, okay. So the question becomes. She has options. She has, she was the spouse, Mm -hmm. so she has tremendous options. Mm -hmm. Um, The rules are different between spouses, for spouses rather than non-spouses. So let's talk about the spouse rule first. She is able to do one of two things, and she should get good counsel before she decides. Mm -hmm. She can uh, take that money that was his IRA, and it becomes her IRA. Mm -hmm. Or... She can take the inherited IRA and she can spend it over the next 10 years and there's no penalty. Right. So what what will be one of the deciding factors? Whether she needs to use the money now. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't need it now, she doesn't she can keep it in an IRA form and and wait. Um, and because when she does take money out, it will be income tax. Without a doubt. <laughs> the other key factor is her age. If she's beyond 59 and a half, it's a moo point. Moo. Exactly. Again, we've done a lot. A lot of moo points. Mooing. Because there's no penalty for her taking money out, whether it's an inherited IRA or a spousal IRA. Right. Uh, an inherited IRA or her own IRA. Uh, if she's prior to 59 and a half and she wants to take money out of her own IRA, penalty, penalty, penalty. If she takes it out of an inherited IRA, no penalty. No penalty, right. So a lot of interesting... She can even do a hybrid of those. So let's say she's 57. She could start it as an inherited IRA if she needs to use some of the money now mm-hmm. so that she can take it out penalty-free. Um, and then if she doesn't need it anymore, she doesn't want to spend it all within 10 years, she can convert it to 
her own IRA, and then she doesn't have those restrictions that, of the time frame. Pretty darn good, smarty pants. That is pretty darn good. Hybrid. We refer that as a Tesla IRA because it's a hybrid. Tesla's not a hybrid, yeah, is it? Yeah, I knew that. As soon as I said it, you were going to jump on that. So what company would you suggest everybody would have known, oh, yeah, that's a hybrid? Nobody. Is Nobody. a Prius a hybrid? That's not a company. That's a car. Well, oh, okay. All right, we call it the Prius IRA. <laughs> oh, please. Ah, well done. No, well, very, very well done. Uh, the uh, lots of financial advisors, sadly, when a spouse uh, passes away, they immediately tell the surviving spouse, "Well, that's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. You might as well put it in your IRA." Right. And it's a very bad tax idea and could end up costing them rather dramatically. So very, very good. And uh, preserves, as our good friend Mark says, full financial flexibility. Yes. That's a good triple F. Uh, How much time, sir? So if you need any more information from us or would like a second opinion on any part of your financial life, all you have to do is ask. Asking can be as simple as sending Alyssa an email, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. You go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. You're going to learn a ton, lots of podcast radio shows, lots of videos from our TV shows, tons of great information. Then you contact us, or you can go old school right away and go directly to the phone, 610-746-7007. Folks, stay warm, stay out of the Arctic blast, make sure that you uh, are safe and secure and you return to us right here next week on More Than Money.